Hey, welcome, everybody. Good to see you. Uh, good to be together uh, with you. Welcome, everybody here in Waukesha and everybody over in Pewaukee. And those of you uh, joining us online, great to, great to be with you, uh, wherever your location uh, might be. Hey, before I get started today, I want to let you know that uh, next weekend we're going to begin a new series called uh, Jesus is uh, Blank. And we're going to fill those blanks in four different ways. Uh, we're going to focus on the character of Jesus and whether, you know, if you're maybe new or maybe you've followed Jesus all your life, there's always more that we can learn about the depth of his character and the impact of his life. I think it's going to be a great series. Don't miss it. It's going to uh, lead us up to Easter. On your way in, I think they handed you one of these cards. Uh, it looks like this right here. A lot of great information about our Easter uh, weekend. Easter is just an excellent opportunity to invite somebody to come with you to hear about uh, Jesus, and there's some good information on here that might help you uh, do that, so be sure to uh, check that out. All right, today we're going to wrap up a series where we've learned and applied a very simple biblical uh, plan for managing our finances that we've called the uh, 100 uh, plan. It's also known as the uh, 10, 10, 80 plan, which of course equals 100, and also the give, save, spend plan. And here's how you follow the plan. We honor God. We take that first uh, 10%. We give that uh, to God. The scripture calls this a tithe. And we get uh, God's activity in our uh, finances. Then we take that second uh, 10%. And through the uh, miracle of compound uh, interest, we can save a a lot, accumulate a lot, even if we don't uh, make a lot. And then we uh, live on that last 80%, that final 80%. 80%. Something I, I really uh, love about this plan, it works for uh, everybody, uh, whatever your income level. First weekend of this series, a woman came up to me in the lobby, and she was just excited, just overflowing with excitement about the 100 series. She shared with me how she and her husband had uh, bills and debt hanging over their head, creating financial stress in their life. But then a couple years ago, they took the Dave Ramsey financial piece University. They actually took it twice, and they made some changes in their, in their life, and they started following the 100 plan, and last month, outside of their home, they made their last uh, debt payment. Uh, isn't that great? And in June, they're going to celebrate their anniversary. They're going to go on a vacation with money that they have saved up. She said, the 100 plan has changed my life and, and, and marriage and family. I'm telling you, this plan is a, is a game changer. And the people I know who have really the, I think, the greatest levels of joy and contentment and peace and freedom are people who follow this 100 uh, plan. But even though it's, it's simple and, and wise, I think if we're honest, it's very uh, challenging when you think about it. Because if I give God that first 10% and then I save that second 10%, can I really trust God to live on 80%? It really is a test of your trust in uh, him. And uh, that's why we're calling this series uh, 100, and uh, that's why we're using this uh, logo uh, right here. It's a very popular uh, emoji. Apple Computer says that it is in the uh, top 10 most popular emojis for uh, iPhone users in the United States. I'm curious, how many of you have used this emoji, or maybe you've seen it at some point? Yeah, it's very, it's very popular. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't used it, it can mean, I agree, you know, I'm all in, Uh, 100% keeping it real, but its origin is from Japan. In Japan, teachers, when a a student would ace a test, they would stamp 100 on the top of the uh, test. And so its origin is acing a test. And all through life, we go through tests. And sometimes tests are hard. Teachers test, students, parents test 
their kids. Single people um, test the person they're dating to see if they're marriage material. And the word test is a very important word in, in the Bible. The scripture often talks about God testing uh, people. Just before Jesus performed the miracle of feeding 5,000 people, he asked one of his disciples named Philip uh, this question. He said, hey, Philip, you know, I mean, where should we buy bread to feed all these people? And the Bible gives a little uh, additional information. It says Jesus asked Philip this only to test him. Uh, Jesus already had in mind <laughs> what he was going to what he's going to do. Jesus t- tested Philip's level of trust. Philip, do you trust me? Do you believe I can supply enough food for the thousands of people? Well, Philip didn't have a high level of trust. Uh, he said, uh, Jesus, we can't afford to buy food for all these people. It would, it would take eight months of salary. Well, many of you know how, how the story goes. Uh, Jesus miraculously supplied uh, food for 5,000 men. And when you add the women and children, probably as much as 20,000 people with just five loaves of bread and two fish. But do you know what I wonder? I wonder if Jesus didn't look at Philip after that with one of those looks that said, you didn't think I could do it, did you? Come on, Philip. When are you going to learn that God can be trusted? And I wonder if God isn't looking down on River Glen today, and he is wondering when, when are some of you going to learn that he can be trusted, that he can be trusted in every area of your life, including the area of finances. You don't think I can, uh, do you? You know, this area of finances is one of God's biggest tests in our, in our lives. Now, uh, the main scripture we're going to focus on today is from 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm going to anchor this message uh, to, this, to this scripture. It tells a story of a single mom. Life started out pretty normal for her. She, she got married. Uh, she had a baby. But while her child was still very young, her husband died and her world fell apart. And I think anybody who's gone through any kind of economic challenging situation can identify with this single mom. This lady didn't have a a church that she belonged to. She didn't really belong to a synagogue. She didn't have extended family. She really didn't have a support system. She felt all alone and really frightened. And it made things even more complicated. Uh, There there really weren't any jobs for women in that culture. At least there were not uh, respectable jobs. Uh, for women in that culture. And even if there were, what, what would she do with her uh, child? Uh, there would be no one to care uh, for him. In fact, she is down to her last meal. And then Elijah, a prophet of God, who God sends to go and find her, crosses paths with her. Verse 10 says, So he went to Zarephath. When he, that's Elijah, came to the town gate, a widow, that's this uh, single mom, was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Now, I want you to try and put yourself into the sandals of this uh, single mom. She feels incredible financial pressure just to survive. And now this stranger asked her for something uh, to eat. Elijah asked her to give him bread, which she really doesn't have to give. In fact, in the next verse, in verse 12... It says, as surely as the Lord your God uh, lives, which in today's language would be like saying, I swear to God, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. 
I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it. Look at this. And then die. In other words, I don't have anything to, anything to give you. I only have enough for my son and, and then for myself one, for one more meal. And then we're going to die. And then Elijah gave her a test that came straight from God. Elijah said to her, uh, don't be afraid. Uh, go home and do as you have said. But first, okay, before you feed uh, yourself, before you feed your child, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Now, if you're down to your last meal and you didn't know if you had enough food to feed your one and only child the next day, would you have trusted God and given the last bit of food to feed a total stranger? And notice Elijah not only asked her to give to him, but to give to him first before she feeds herself or before she feeds her child. That is a really big test. You see, Elijah was a prophet of God, and he asked her to practice the principle of first, what the scripture refers to as first fruit giving, where you give to God first, and then you trust him uh, to provide for the, for the rest. Well, guess what the widow did? Verse 15, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. And look at the miracle. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Every day they would use up the flour. They'd use up the oil. They think it's gone. And then the next day they would find more flour in the jar and more oil in the jug. God made a promise to that widow, test me and give something away and feed my guy, Elijah, first. And every day she discovered that the God of the resupply can be trusted. Every meal was a miracle. Every day God supplied uh, just what she and her son and Elijah needed for one more day, for one more loaf of, of bread. You see, the God of resupply can, can be trusted. The God of resupply promises the God of, of the resupply promises to meet our needs if we trust him first with our, our resources. Take a look in the New Testament at what the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4. My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. All your needs. That's what God promises. Someone emailed me. Uh, someone who took the 100-day tithe challenge emailed me earlier uh, this last week. And said, my husband and I wanted to share an awesome experience. On Monday, we received an unexpected check in the mail. Our Lord truly has our back. Some unexpected expenses came up, and it all worked out. Our Lord is great, and he's always there for us. Our trust in him is solid. We are all in. You know, I'm telling you, when people, when people go all in, and they trust God, when people put God to the test, they have stories. Uh, like this, where God provided and came through and proved himself trustworthy. And I think sometimes it helps to hear, hear these stories to encourage us. And so I'd like to tell you about some of my uh, personal experiences of, of trusting God uh, over the course of my life to hopefully encourage you. I grew up in West Dallas, and at the age of nine, I made a decision to trust Jesus Christ, and I got baptized. I wanted to have my sins forgiven, and uh, I wanted to go to heaven, but I didn't realize 
that following Jesus involves so much trust and testing. After high school, I, I decided to go to a small Christian college in central Illinois, in Lincoln, Illinois, uh, just for one year to learn more about my faith. And during that time, God really uh, captured my heart and gave me a desire to, to become a pastor. I remember my senior year in college, uh, I started looking for a ministry, and I got this interview at a church in Bloomington, an awesome church. I mean, this would be my dream job. I was just so excited about it. But on the drive to the interview, my car broke down. Yeah, I drove an, an AMC. Anybody remember AMCs? Yeah they, yeah, yeah, they would do that sometimes. So I missed the interview. They hired somebody else. I had no plan B. I felt very disappointed. And I remember thinking, God, I've trusted you. And now I've got nothing. I've got no job lined up after graduation. But I didn't know behind the scenes, this uh, church in Bloomington sent my resume to a church, similar church in Kentucky. And I ended up serving for nine years at this church in Kentucky. And I learned so much at this church about ministry and uh, leadership. I started out as a uh, youth pastor, and God opened this amazing door for our uh, student ministry. I had lunch with the uh, director of the YMCA. There was this beautiful YMCA in the uh, community. And uh, here's what uh, the director uh, told me. His name was Brian over lunch. He said, Ben, we're closed on Sunday nights. Your student ministry can use our entire building on Sunday nights. Wow, that really surprised me. And so I asked Brian, I said, well, what would be the, uh, what would be the fee? And uh, he said, well, it'd be free. And on the inside, I'm like, yes! You know, but I had that cool, you know, like, hey, that's really good. Thank you. And I'll tell you, some of the most exciting ministry experiences in my life happened on Sunday nights at that YMCA. God changed so many lives. And I started thinking, you know what? This is kind of like starting a church, a new church on Sunday nights. And I began thinking, maybe God's leading me to, to plant a new church someday. And God started pulling my heart in that direction. But then all of a sudden, my dad, just out of nowhere, got very ill. Uh, I had a great dad, the kind of dad that any kid would love to have. All of a sudden, my dad gets diagnosed with a brain tumor, uh, the worst kind. And for the next nine months, my dad suffered uh, until he uh, died. Just a very dark season for my family. I was, I was 28 years old at that time. But my dad, he held on to his faith. And he, he never uh, complained. And you know what? He was an inspiration uh, to, to all of us. I mean, it was painful. It was very difficult. But it made me take ownership of this concept that God can be trusted. And losing my dad made me realize life is short. Life has an end. And if God has put this on my heart to uh, plant a church, maybe plant a church, then I need to start taking steps in that direction. And so in May of 1996... Uh, Marnie and I, we had two kids at that point. We moved up to Wisconsin with support from this Kentucky church to start a new church in the Milwaukee area. And so we got an apartment in West Dallas. We had no people, no building, no location, no ministries. We just parachuted in and trusted God. And on March 2nd, 1997, we had our grand opening service at Waukesha West High School where we rented space. And I would have been thrilled if uh, 80 people, 100 people would have shown up. But people just kept coming in and filling the room, more people coming in. God brought over 700 people to our uh, grand opening. It felt like a miracle. And I learned that when God leads you and you trust him, he provides for you. He is trustworthy. 
And for 22 years, God has come through and provided for River Glen Church way more than I ever had dreamed or, or imagined. But Marnie and I went through a more personal test recently. A few years ago, my wife uh, went in for just a routine exam, and uh, that led to a biopsy, and that led to just a devastating phone call from the doctor to tell her, uh, you have cancer, you have uh, breast cancer. Fortunately, they caught it early, uh, but over the nine, next nine months, she went through surgery and then chemo and then uh, radiation. It felt, I mean, it was scary. It was difficult. But God, God took great care of her and provided excellent medical care and, and support, surrounded her with, with lots of support, and we're, we're grateful for her, her, her health. Uh, but then just a few months ago, uh, during one of her checkups, they did an ultrasound and took a, a biopsy of a different area of her uh, body. Uh, I'm out of town when this happened. It just all happened suddenly. And uh, the biopsy didn't show any cancer, but they wanted to do surgery and more biopsies. And uh, my fear level just went up. I mean, uh, you know, we asked a bunch of people to pray. And so I took Marnie to the hospital early in the morning. This was in December for surgery. And, uh, you know, I went to the waiting room. I opened up my computer. The surgery was supposed to last two, two and a half hours. But 20 minutes later, I see the surgeon uh, walking, walking up to me, and I'm thinking, this is too soon. You know, what, what's going on here? And I started to feel worried. My, my heart started pounding. But the surgeon said, everything is normal. The surgeon said it appeared abnormal because of the angle of the ultrasound image. But everything is normal. No problems at all. Marnie is perfectly fine. Now, they gave Marnie three different scenarios, and this was not one of them. This was a surprise, but a really good surprise, and uh, we just felt so relieved and grateful to God for providing for her and protecting her health. Now, I share all that. Uh, that's like my life the last 45 years, because I want you to know that I am so glad that I have uh, trusted God. He has proven trustworthy. Listen, I've tested the trustworthiness of God many times, and I've learned that when the future is uncertain, God can be trusted. When you don't understand your circumstances, God can be trusted. In the midst of, of pain and heartbreak, God can be trusted. And I look at how God is working in our church and in my family, and I am just so glad that I trusted God. Now, some of you are probably uh, wondering, you know, did Ben forget what this series is about, right? No, not, I haven't forgotten. You see, the fundamental issue when it comes to God's wisdom and our finances, it's not a monetary issue. It is a faith issue. It is a trust issue. Because the tendency for all of us is, is not to look at the uh, track record of God, but to look at our, our, our bank account our bills, college tuition, our circumstances. But I want you to think back to the story of the widow in 1 Kings chapter 17. Even though she had little to give, even though she went through a very difficult time, she put God to the test. She gave to God first before she did anything else with what she had. And she learned God can be trusted. And I don't know, you know, your, your financial uh, circumstances uh, right now, and I don't know what has you maybe concerned about the future, but I want to remind you that God has said over and over in his word that if you will trust me, if you will put me to the test, 
I will pour out blessing in your life so great that you won't be able to handle it. Maybe one of the most uh, famous passages, really a classic passage about this, is from Malachi chapter 3. God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Look at this. Test me, he says in this. Says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And listen, God is not the least bit concerned about whether or not he has the capacity to bring that return in your life because he owns it all. He controls it all. But some of you probably think, you know, my little bit that I would give, you know, that's not going to make a difference. Uh, Listen, the little bit of the widow, it fed God's prophet. The little bit of a boy with two fish and five loaves fed 20,000 people. God loves to take our little bits and multiply them and use them to do great things. Now, some of you might wonder, what is, what is it that God has, has promised to resupply? What is the scope of God's promise? Look again at Philippians uh, chapter 4, where Paul says, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ uh, Jesus. Some of us wonder, what, what, what's, in, what, what's included in all? What's the scope of all your, your needs? Well, first of all, I think it includes your financial and your material needs. Now, notice... The, the, the promise is that God will provide your needs, okay, not your wants. God's not obligated to provide, you know, everything that you want, like prosperity theology that you hear some people teach, the health and wealth theology that some people try to teach us. But God doesn't promise to meet our wants. He promises to meet our needs. And there's a big, big difference. I mean, I can see a piece of chocolate pie, and I, I want it, but I don't need it. God promises when you honor him first in your life, when you really trust him, he will meet all your needs according to his, the glorious riches of Christ uh, Jesus. And God can do that in different ways. He might increase your income. He might lower your expenses. God might meet your needs through longevity. You know, I'm curious, just show of hands, how many of you, anybody here uh, driving a car that uh, is maybe lasting longer than you think it probably should? Anybody driving one of those kind of cars? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a few people. Uh, anybody driving a car and, uh, you know, you wish God would just kind of go ahead and kill it? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody in that category? Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's what God does. Uh, you know, God causes a car or a washer or a dryer or maybe a roof over our head to last longer uh, than it should. Or he might give you some unexpected money or, or income or, or he might spare you from a home foreclosure or maybe instead he provides a cozy little apartment for you to call home. One way or another, God will supply the needs of those who put him to the test and honor him first with their resources. And sometimes uh, God even gives us a piece of uh, chocolate pie just because he loves to bless his children. But the scope of God's provision is is, is broader than just financial and material. I want you to know that when he says that he will meet all your needs, this also includes emotional and relational needs. God knows when you need a friend, when you need an ear or an arm around the shoulder. God knows when you need an extra touch of his presence. You need some encouragement. God knows when you feel worn out and you're not sure you can go another step. God knows when you're fearful of the future because you lost someone that you love. God knows when you feel worried, waiting for some test results. I can't tell you How many times I have felt 
discouraged, uh, felt like I was at the end of my uh, rope, and God brought a person. God brought a promise. God brought a phone call, an email, a text message at just the right time to, to fill my soul. But beyond our emotional and relational needs, God promises to meet your deepest needs, your spiritual needs. You know, some of you maybe right now are in really a dark um, season of life, a dark season of your soul. We had some dark moments, some dark days after Marnie got diagnosed, especially at night when Marnie's facing test results the next day or chemo or, or surgery, and, and you just feel alone and afraid, and, and you can't sleep. And sometimes what Marnie and I would do is we would, just, we would just pray out loud to God and just pour out our fears to him. And he would give us a peace and rest and a greater awareness of his, his presence. I don't know how uh, people go through illnesses, go through cancer, go through difficulties without God or without his people. If you trust him, God promises to meet your uh, deepest needs, your spiritual needs. Listen, we have a God who promises to meet all your needs, all your needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus. Every day he miraculously resupplied the flower jar and the oil jug for a widow who put him to the test. And I, have to, I just have to say, if I could come alongside you as your, as your friend, not, not as your pastor, but just as, as a friend uh, today, I have to say I'm genuinely surprised by the number of people who follow Jesus, and yet they never venture out and trust God and put him first and put him to the test in this area of finances. The way I think about it is sometimes I wonder, how do you trust God for, you know, for answered prayer, but you, you, you can't trust him with tithes and uh, to, to honor your tithes and offerings with his, his blessing? How, how do you... How do you How do you trust him with salvation, with your eternity forever and ever and ever? And you can't trust him in the area of finances. And I guess I just feel sorry for people who have such a a crippled confidence in such an able God. God will meet all your needs if you trust him. And for what it's worth, I have put God to to the test many times in my life. And he has proven himself trustworthy again and again and again. But don't just listen uh, to me. I want you to hear from someone in our church. Take a look at the screens. Hey guys, Joe here. Looking forward to sharing a little bit about my tithing story with you. 2009 was really the beginning of our family's tithing experience. Um, Prior to that, uh, our life was financially very much paycheck to paycheck. really living on that financial edge, trying to meet, meet our obligations and pay our bills. 2009, Ben gave this great sermon uh, around this book called The ABCs of Financial Freedom. And for us, we really felt, felt moved to accept the challenge to reevaluate the priorities we were making with our finances and our family, and mainly around the subject of tithing. At that time, I, I was the guy doing the budget for the family, and so I reevaluated all of our line items, and I decided to push them all down and set them aside and put that tithing line first. And I added up the numbers, and I showed it to my wife, Reggie, and we both looked at it and said, this math doesn't work. This math doesn't add up. We decided to just take a plunge of trust and uh, take a step and try it. And what was amazing, and again, We call it God's math. We came out of that season, uh, 
we had climbed out of uh, credit card debt, we erased our unsecured debt, we had money in the bank, and we had this surplus. We, we were probably living a higher quality, um, higher quality of life with our kids in terms of how we used our time and how we spent those dollars than we ever had before. We were shocked. Uh, this was a real test. Uh, the only place in the Bible that talks about testing God is this whole concept of tithing. And for us to lean into that and trust and then come out on the other side in a, in a way that was just completely transformed and not just about money, but in terms of quality time with our family, um, changing priorities in, in how we were living our life and living it to its fullest. It, it transformed our life uh, beyond just a budget line item. It was transformative. Beyond the commitment to tithe, we found ourselves not only in a better place with our family, but we were able to actually set aside and save uh, in a more disciplined fashion. What's been really, really cool about that for us is there are so many opportunities that we hear God speaking to us where uh, we have opportunities to be spontaneously giving. Maybe it's uh, helping out a family member. Maybe it's uh, a stranger at a restaurant where you pick up their tab. Maybe it's someone in your small group that's just going through a tough time. But having that financial discipline and having that extra 10% that 10, 10, 80, that second 10, uh, having that reserve in place allows us, just frees us to be far more giving than we ever were before in, uh, in ways that really impact people. And it allows you to have that 80% that, that to live on and have that be enough. You're using it in ways that um, perhaps isn't as wasteful as it used to be. It's very purposeful. Taking the time to save up for something special so that perhaps you appreciate it at a far deeper level than just whipping out a credit card and swiping and having it instantly. Having to wait a little bit longer to, to have something significant in your life. Um, maybe spending a little bit more time saving up for a big vacation for your family. Uh, those types of opportunities come out of that 80%. And when you have discipline, you have to have some discipline to, to put tithing first. You have to have discipline in order to have that savings set aside. That teaches you to have discipline in the other 80% too. And it allows you just to live life to its fullest with what's left. And it's plenty. It's always been plenty. And even when things get tough, again, God says, test me and I'll bless you. Uh, I, I can't imagine going back. God has blessed us way too much to ever consider going back on this awesome promise that he's given us. Uh, we really view our resources as um, a temporary loan from God, that it's something that we are just managing for him, and when he wants us to do something with it, well, we better listen. And we know that because of his promise, uh, he's gonna bless us for that. I really appreciate Joe uh, sharing his story with us. Let's give Joe a hand, appreciate that. And uh, I love the way that he just kind of tied the whole thing together, the whole series uh, together, 10, 10, uh, 80. That took a lot of faith for Joe and, and Reggie and their, and their family. And it takes a lot of faith uh, for you. It's, it's a big step. Uh, do, you, do you have trust? Can you trust God to provide for you to practice the 100 plan, the, the 10, 10, 80 uh, plan? And uh, I know it's challenging, and so I want to offer a little extra help uh, today. We put the 100-day uh, the tithe challenge cards in the seat back, 
in, in front of you. It looks like this right here. It's got the 100 symbol right there on the front. If you're online, I think your host is going to post a link. You can click on it, and you can look at it and fill it out electronically. We've had over 200 families and individuals accept the, uh, the, the tithe challenge. God's just moving in our church where people understand if I give first and best to God, he, will, he really will uh, bless the rest. And so I want to offer it again for those of you that want some help to get on this plan for 100 days. Here's what I mean. If you get to the end of the uh, 100 days and you feel like God hasn't provided, God hasn't blessed, or you just feel like this is a mistake uh, for you, uh, here's what you do. Just email our, our, our bookkeeper, contact our bookkeeper. Her name's Julie. Here's her email address. And she will write a check and return every dime that you gave during the 100 days, as long as it is a recorded uh, gift. No questions asked. Uh, we'll do that uh, for you. Uh, we just have that much confidence in, in God. Uh, you can go ahead and, and uh, fill out the card, drop it in the offering bag later on in the uh, service. And if you write your email on the uh, card each week during the 100 days, I'll send you an encouraging uh, email. And this is not a gimmick that we, that we came up with. Uh, God invites you. God says, test me in this and see if I won't uh, bless you. God promises to meet all your needs, and he invites you, whether you've got material needs or emotional needs or spiritual uh, needs uh, in your life, to trust him. But until you accept the test, you'll never know if you can trust him or not. And so I'm going to pray for us, and then after I pray, I just want to invite you to take a moment and uh, grab a pen and uh, fill out the card and put God to the test the next 100 days. And then we're also going to share a communion. Our communion's open to everyone who says yes to Jesus because Jesus came for everyone. Uh, God provided for our greatest need, forgiveness, by sending Jesus to die on a cross. The bread symbolizes his body. The juice symbolizes his blood. Communion reminds you that God loves you so much. He put you first, and you can trust him to meet all your needs now and forever. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for what you do in this place every weekend when we come together to worship and, and learn and open ourselves to your activity in our lives. Thank you for proving faithful to River Glen. And we thank you for your trustworthiness as a church. And we, and we pray that you would keep your hand on this church, keep your hand on our lives and on our futures. And God, we thank you for your love for, for us and for every person on this planet proven so clearly by sending Jesus. Thank you for meeting our greatest need through Jesus and for promising to meet all our needs when we put our trust in you according to the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And we ask all these things in his name and for his sake. Amen.